Welcome to the Hannah Miller Show. And here she is, Hannah Miller. Outspokenly Christian. Oh, wow. This is what happens when I take two weeks off. I'm forgetting my own tagline. Outspokenly conservative and unashamedly Christian. This is Hannah Miller, and it's great to be back in the saddle again and going at it. Oh, man, great, wonderful, amazing week in Pennsylvania with my sister. The weather could not have been more perfect. We went to a Birds of Prey aviary. We went to a pond. We went creek stomping. Uh, My kids just, I mean, they leap out of bed every morning to go and play with their cousins, and then they go to bed at like midnight every night. It's insane, but we had a phenomenal time, and our kids just love hanging out, and my kids were all crying when we were leaving, wondering when they're going to see their cousins again. So that's always sad, but it's just so dear to me that my, my children enjoy my sister's children so much, and they get along so well. But anyway, um, I I am I'm back at it and going to uh, I've got still got a little bit of a lingering cough from my allergies, but I think we'll be able to get through today uh, without too much of that affecting us. So I hope you guys have had a great two weeks, and I want to jump back at it. We're we're gonna kind of take a, a soft re-entry into the political world today, and I'm just gonna cover three short stories, and then we'll probably hit things a little harder next week. And three of the stories that I want to catch up on this week. I want to talk about Tucker Carlson, Budweiser, and Nikki Haley. And uh, so first of all, there's Tucker Carlson. There's a few reasons people are saying why he was unexpectedly let go, and I'm not going to get into all those. There's there's some disgruntled employee from Fox News that's suing, and people are saying that. People are saying it's because he had a he said a prayer or because of his Christianity. Uh, there's been lots of... Um, you know, uh, that big pharma got after him, BlackRock, all of these things have been flying around. There's probably some truth to a little bit of all of it, to be completely honest, but we have no idea. And so I really don't care. You know, whenever the truth actually comes out about why he was let go, because he did expect to be on air. When he had his last show on Friday, he said, see you all on Monday. He expected to be there Monday. So it was a, it was not expected for him to be let go this week when that happened. But nobody really knows why. He's not said why. Fox News has not said why. Uh, the two of them have been, uh, you know, they, they've not been mudslinging this week at one another, um, and so we'll just have to wait and see. But Tucker, Tucker didn't need Fox. Uh, Fox needed him. So just onward and upward, Tucker, I wish you the best. He's been building his media empire for years, so I'm not worried about him in the least. As a matter of fact, he put out his first public statement on Wednesday of this week, and as of this moment of when I'm recording, that have received 55 million views. Over 55 million views. This little snippet thing that he put out, and I'm sure some of the, that some of that's like the looky loos. They're wondering, you know, they're the leftists, they're the other people that are just, you know, they're wondering what he's got to say, and they're they're looking for juicy tidbits. Um, but he averaged, I think, something like three million a night on Fox. So you know, that just blows that number out of the water. And you know, in addition, I'm a millennial. Um, I don't know a single millennial who subscribes to a cable news channel. They all listen to alternative media of some sort. And so it's, you know, it's, he has a 
wide array of opportunities ahead of him. And actually, in my opinion, the opportunity to pull in an audience that because he was on cable news, he probably wasn't reaching as well. Um, most millennials, at least those and younger who are on the right, they knew Tucker Carlson, they followed him on places like Instagram, etc. But they did not subscribe to Fox to, you know, to watch, uh, to, to watch Tucker. And as a matter of fact, you know, we, I was talking about this with some friends. I don't think you could have, you like, if you'd asked me at any given moment, you know, who's another Fox News host other than Tucker Carlson, I'm not sure I could have said. <laughs> um, you know, and if you were like, oh, yeah, you know, Gutfield is a, is, a, is a host at Fox News, I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. He's over there. But to be honest, I don't know if I could have just sat here and just been like, oh, these names popping to mind. And that is true for every millennial and younger that I know. And not only are they not watching Fox, you know, Fox has the best numbers of all of the cable networks channels. And so, in my opinion, Tucker leaving Fox is probably going to be the end of cable news as we know it. Um, because he was holding them, holding their heads above water, in my opinion. And he's going to go, he's going to take those listeners with him that were with Fox News they had an onslaught of people unsubscribing this week because, you know, they're, 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 they were there for, for Tucker. And he left, so they were like, well, I'm not interested. And so, and then not only that, but he's also going to garner an audience that wasn't even there before. So I think the important thing about the Tucker Carlson story is, is what happened later this week, though. Because it was amazing. It was a reporter found him this week. And he was riding around in his golf cart with his wife of 30-plus years, by the way. They had, they've been married for 30-plus years. They've got four kids together. And, and they caught him. And in this video and in the pictures, he's just driving along laughing joyously beside his smiling wife. And they look like they're just having the time of their lives out on vacation. Tucker, for all, for all appearances, he, ha- he didn't have a care in the world. After all the nasty, vicious things people have thrown at him, from everything I've seen, Tucker's still a happy guy. He's still loving life and living that life to the fullest with his wife and four kids. That's winning, guys. Don't let the culture war steal your joy. I can't say for sure where Tucker finds his joy. I don't know. I I don't know what hit the, you know, this, what the status of his soul is. But ultimately, for you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, joy and the peace that passes all understanding, even in the face of economic decline and cultural instability, comes from a personal relationship with the God who holds all our tomorrows. We don't have to be, we, we don't have to live afraid or, or angry. We don't have to be angry. God will ultimately have the victory. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And so the whole thing about Tucker Carlson this week that just really stood out to me, Tucker's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. No need to worry about him. And the thing that, you know, but ultimately what stood out was this, we don't have to let the nasty attacks and the onslaught from people and the nastiness of politics steal our joy. Because aside from Trump, Tucker Carlson was probably enemy number two for the left. And... 
he's not letting this stuff get to him. And I don't know if he's got, if he genuinely has a genuine relationship with Jesus or not. And so what's your and my excuse? What's our excuse? We don't have one. We do not have one. Don't let the nastiness out there get to you. All right, Dylan Mulvaney. I want to expound on something I said two weeks ago. And, and only because Matt Walsh has made some comments that I think may confuse my listeners on my stance. And, um, and, and we didn't really talk about it two weeks. And I, I, I want to expound on this topic and what's been happening over the last two weeks. There's a big difference. Because, and, and I'll just say, like, I, I have a lot of respect for Matt Walsh and I appreciate him. Um, but he's, you know, he's been attacking conservatives for ignoring the Dylan Mulvaney and, and all of that and sticking their heads in the sand and pretending like it's not happening. Um, that's not what I want us to do. That's not what my goal is regarding the story about Dylan Mulvaney and, and Budweiser. You see, there's a big difference between conservatives who ignore an issue and thereby pretend it doesn't exist, which is what Matt Walsh is accusing some conservatives doing, and and I agree with him. There are folks that just pretend like it's not happening. But then there's folks like myself who endeavor to make people like Dylan Mulvaney invisible. There's a difference between ignoring and invisible. And the reason I make this differentiation is because the Dylan Mulvaney's and the Leah Thomases of the world, they're not the ones we need to be going after and making famous. You don't, need a, you don't need to boycott Dylan Mulvaney or boycott Leah Thomas. The bottom line is that there are corporations that are using these individuals for their own gain. And as in the case of William Thomas or Leah Thomas, there are institutions that are permitting these men to steal from women. They are the real people we need to be focusing on, which is why the eventual boycott of Budweiser was a good thing. I have, I have no, I do not disagree with the boycott whatsoever. Budweiser, the company and its marketing director, they were the ones that needed to be made famous and then demolished. <laughs> on the other hand, that hasn't happened in the case of William Thomas. He's been made infamous while most of us don't have a clue what college he was representing when he stole first place from Riley Gaines. Anyone, anyone want to take a guess? Do you remember? I mean, everybody knows who Dylan Mulvaney is representing. We boycotted him. And they've lost something like 17%. Or their sales have plummeted 17% across the board. I mean, it's, it's, it's been, you know, and, and of course they went into panic mode and they fired the, the um, marketing director or they, you know, put her on leave. They'll probably bring her back in once it's all said and done because they're woke and that's what these companies and institutions usually do. You know, once the heat goes away, they just bring them back. I don't know. But, and I think the second in command also... Um, the person over her who hired her, I think that person was also put on administrative leave as well, maybe even fired, I can't remember. But, I mean, want to take a stab? What institution, what university was Leah Thomas at when he stole first place from Riley Gaines? Who was it that allowed a cheater to steal first place? And not only allowed a cheater to steal first place, but celebrated that cheater stealing first place. I mean, sure, the cheater is worth mentioning, but the real problem is the people who let the cheater get away with it. 
And that was the University of Pennsylvania and the NCAA. That's who that was. At the end of the day, I don't really care about the Dillons and the Williams and all of that. I care about punishing the people who are using Dylan and William in an effort to force their perverse values onto me and my children. And that would be Budweiser, who has had a bit of their comeuppance this week. Should have been the University of Pennsylvania. And, of course, now you've got Maybelline, who's, uh, you know, taken on Dylan Mulvaney. Women don't have it in them, though. Women, Maybelline will not feel the pain that Budweiser has felt because mostly all all these woke white women, um, they, they agree. Or they're celebrating it. I mean, they don't have, they don't have the backbone that a lot of these guys, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about knowing your audience. It's all about, you know, marketing is all about knowing your audience. Budweiser, their marketing director, was an idiot. Because the audience for Budweiser is not going to take the uh, transgender dude on the can. I mean, they're just not going to do it. But Maybelline, eh, probably not. That's not as big as a, of a risk for their marketing director to have made. They know their audience. The women, meh. There'll be some pushback, but you're not going to see the pushback that you saw with Budweiser because the audience isn't the same. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Hey, this is Bob, the producer of this podcast. Just want to take a quick minute to let you know you can always get your questions into us. Ask us anything. Feel free to email me at bob at bobsloan.com, B-O-B at B-O-B-S-L-O-N-E dot com. Or you can always find that information and more in the show notes. Now back to Hannah. All right, so Nikki Haley went on the attack against Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis and his fight against Disney. That happened this week. So DeSantis has been in a feud with the with Disney over land used by Disney World in the state. We've talked about this quite a few months ago when it first started happening. Um, so, but on Wednesday this week, Disney filed a lawsuit against DeSantis alleging that he and other state officials had waged a, quote, relentless campaign to weaponize government power against the company. So, briefly, I'll just cover this before I get into Nikki Haley. A spokesperson for DeSantis responded to the lawsuit from Disney in a statement to CNBC, saying, quote, we are unaware of any legal right that a company has to operate its own government or maintain special privileges not held by other businesses in the state said Taryn Finsky. Then she also added, this lawsuit is yet another unfortunate example of their hope to undermine the will of the Florida voters and operate outside the bounds of the law. End quote. So that's the situation with the with the Disney lawsuit and a response from DeSantis and his people. All right, so on Wednesday, Haley, who is running for president, I've mentioned that before, made it clear that she backed the House of Mouse. She tweeted out, or she was in an interview, but then she tweeted out as well. She said, hey, Disney, my home state will will happily accept your 70,000-plus jobs if you want to leave Florida. We've got great weather, great people, and it's always a great day in South Carolina. And then she tweeted, a, she tweeted that out with a video of her appearance on Fox News about the issue. And then she said, she added this in her tweet. She said, South Carolina is not woke, but we're not sanctimonious about it either. 
Hmm. First of all, Nikki is a textbook Republican. She will talk a big game about values and fiscal conservatism, but she will cave on the culture war every time. And she will align herself with companies and institutions that not only wage war against our values, but also do their best to destroy fiscal conservatism as well, as indicated by her tweet. She will forsake our values for money every time, and that sounds like a lot of Republican politicians that I know, a lot of rhinos and a lot of neocons, and I can't... You know, this whole, we would rather have jobs than our values, that's exactly what's happening with this Volvo deal that's going down here in South Carolina already, where we said, our, our politicians here in South Carolina said, we would rather have the jobs and we will forsake our values in order to have the jobs. We are forsaking our values, our principles, and biblical truth for money. We're just a whole bunch of Judases. That's what we are. Welcome to South Carolina. We just call us Judas State. That's just what you should call us now. Because that's exactly what we're doing. Second, according to Haley, it's, quote, sanctimonious to defend our innocent children against Disney by demanding parental rights in the classroom. Sanctimonious. That means hypocritical, by the way. You want to know something, Nikki Haley? I believe parental rights are given by God. In the book of Deuteronomy, God doesn't require the government to disciple children. He demands that of parents. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, these words I am commanding you today must be kept in mind. And you must teach them to your children and speak of them as you sit in your house, as you walk along the road, as you lie down, and as you get up. The book of Proverbs is chock full of these commands for parents. Proverbs 22, 6, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are old, they will not leave it. In 1 Timothy 5, 8, God does not demand that the government provide for our children and families, but that we provide for our own families and children. The United States of America is founded upon the idea of God-given rights. I do not receive my rights from the government. Rather, they come from God, and according to our Constitution, the government is responsible to defend them, not infringe on them. So when Nikki Haley says South Carolinians are not sanctimonious, that we're not hypocritical about the rights, the responsibilities that God has given us, not the government, to protect, provide for, and parent our children— She's more right than she meant to be. I am not a hypocrite about the rights God gave me, and I will defend and protect my children from groomers in the classroom and Disney on the television. I will demand my parental rights to my last breath, come hell or high water, because I am more afraid of a holy and just God than I am of woke teachers, a corrupt government, or degenerate companies like Disney. No, I won't be sanctimonious. But I don't think that's really what she meant. So you can just stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Nikki. Thank you for listening to The Hannah Miller Show. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Productions. If you'd like to find out more about Hannah or to schedule her for a speaking event, go to her website, thehannamillershow.com.